0: Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.
1: Welcome to Medicine on Call, where it's all about living the solutions. Today I have an important show on, one that I've been looking forward to, because we've had a conversation about gender identity um, in the past, and it was basically uh, an introduction. This is an, a part of our society and part of our our social structure now and part of our political structure and becoming more of an economic player. And I think people need to understand exactly how this got started and, and what's going on now. Kind of a being able to understand the future of where this is going. This is, again, we never talk about... Making a value statement about people is nothing to do with that. It's about understanding how we perhaps may be min- being manipulated, whether you are for or against or in between. You still have to understand who stands to gain. I say in everything, whether it's healthcare, politics, if you really want to understand something, you need to follow the money. And today I have a very special guest on, Ms. Corey Diggs. She is an amazing uh, blogger. She has her own website, podcast, and she's been doing investigative journalism on many topics, and I ran across her interview on a different show, and I was fascinated, and I wanted to have her come on to talk about what she's learned, what she's dug up, so to speak, about the transgender industry, and I think you can actually call it that now. So, Miss Diggs, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on. It's a blessing and an honor to have you on. I know how busy you are, so I wanted to thank you. Well,
2: well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Any any platform to help get this information out is really really important and worth every minute of time.
1: Oh, I agree. Now you've done some real in depth um, journalism and investigation on this topic. You actually have uh, a blog, and it's people should go to your website, Cory Corey's dot com. C-O-R-E-Y-S-D-I-G-S dot com, and they can read your blog, and it's in four parts. And let's start at the beginning, because you started off, and first of all, how did you get started in in your blog, and what made you finally decide to, I guess, take a red pill and stop believing what you're told by mainstream media? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> well I haven't believed for a very long time and <clears throat> I never really got involved with politics either because I could always feel all the corruption and a few years ago when you know I've been very spiritually guided throughout my life and I knew that there was going to come a time um, where I was going to start sort of opening people's eyes to things and a few years ago when I saw that you know Trump was going to be our president, things were going to start shifting, it felt like the right time, um, you know, things were getting really shaken up there. So it felt like the right time to jump in, create the website, start exposing all of these different agendas and corruption. <clears throat> and I also provide a lot of resources on my site so people can go in and do their own fact checking because, you know, it's it's really important that everybody does their own fact checking. I agree. So I started that and, and I have a, a YouTube channel as well and I do, um, I do a weekly podcast now with my friends, the speaker and the sharp edge. So, um, and I'm working on a huge book that I've been working on on and off for two years. So I'm going to be publishing that on my website and I'm actually dropping part one, um, Wednesday morning of this week. Perfect. So, and that, that has to do with, um, a, very large slush fund with the AIDS industry, all of our taxpayer dollars going towards that.
1: Wow. That's going to be timely. I mean, I think we are spending, yeah. you know, our healthcare industry is, uh, you know, it's, <clears throat> in one instance it's the best in the world, but in another instance it's mm-hmm. all about follow the money and people are making a lot of money on the backs of patients and physicians and they're completely corrupting health it's not about the Hippocratic oh, oath yeah. anymore. It's not about being an advocate for your patient. It is about treading water if you're an independent and sticking to your, your morals versus becoming part of a cog in a wheel where it's all about money and not about health care. And they have the unmitigated gall to right. try to tell us that single payer is going to be better. It's just going to be what we have now on steroids, but you have nobody mm-hmm. you can go, go to. So, I mean, I can imagine the HIV industry, you know, it's become uh, hopefully a disease that you manage, but it's never been cheap to treat these patients. So if you're saying that there may right. be a reason, another reason that money, that, that people don't get access that is costing them so much money, then you have to start questioning that. I'm, I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. And I would love to have you back on when it when your book comes out, especially so you can go into more detail. It sounds to me, too, that the transgender industry has become a money-making venture as well. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Your investors, those that have invested this and backed this and pushed this for actually quite some time now, I don't know if people realize how far back this whole engineering goes, but those that back it and fund it... um, are directly invested in the infrastructure of it and are reaping the financial benefits of it. So, um, you know, I broke this up into four parts because I wanted to show the historical timeline of social engineering.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I got into the medical engineering and then the funders and profiteers and the man- manufacturing of a reality because I think most people see, you know, we're being, we're being just flooded with this right now. For the past couple of years, it's become really in our face. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of people are, are thinking, oh, they're trying to normalize this. And uh, they're in their sales push right now. We're talking less than 1% of the population identifies as transgender, 40% of which attempt suicide. And more of whom do so after transition surgery. And it is um they are trying to blow this up into a huge money making industry it's 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 quite insane um i can keep i can just keep rambling if you want <laughs> or okay. if you have a specific area you want to go into well
1: let's start off with education because I, you know i i'm a doctor i went to medical school i biology major and so you know you talk mm. about you know Male and female, from a uh, a biologic standpoint, it's very straightforward. There are some people with both sex hormones, or I should say sexual organs, hermaphrodite, etc. But I don't remember anybody mm-hmm. really pushing this. Cis, it's become, there's a whole language to this. Cis and trans, I mean, you can't even keep this thing straight. Right. And it's not, it's not, there's no test for it. There's, it's what you think you are. How do you... Jibed I mean, I can say that I'm a man one day, and are we supposed to just stop and cow I mean it doesn't even make sense to me it's it's a social right. construct right. And
2: by and by their exactly and by their rationale and method of what they're trying to teach in the school system where they're literally teaching young children that gender is a choice
0: mm.
2: I'm sorry, can you hear that beeping in the background? I can There's a little that's okay. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> Sorry, there's a vehicle going by. Uh, they're teaching this. And in some states, they've actually passed laws that LGBTQ needs to be taught in the education system. And I actually have a video in this report showing where they're saying to the children, you know, gender is a choice. You may wake up one day and feel like a boy and or you may feel like a girl. And I think, my God, you know, I grew up, I was a tomboy. Mm-hmm. I didn't play with dolls. I played with matchbox cards. I was building tree forts. And, at At some point, a counselor of a school um you know or or someone suggested to me, "Well, you're a boy, and well, we should get you on hormones, and we should start a transition surgery. I mean, it's crazy you and they're doing this as young as three years old, you know, like the Boston Children's Hospital created the first uh gender youth clinic mm-hmm. back in two thousand and seven. We now have over fifty gender youth clinics. This is, this is a booming industry where they are training surgeons and doctors and counselors and really just uh, even, even across the colleges and they're, they're getting, you know, students to rally. And what's really sad about it is, you know, people want to help other people. It's yeah. just a natural feeling. We want to help other people. So they believe that they're fighting for this cause and they're trying to help them and support them. They don't realize that they're a part of this agenda Mm
0: -hmm. to
2: create gender identity
0: confusion
2: in order to increase their industry, their market, and and make millions and millions and create a very what I believe will turn out to be a very, very confused uh, culture because a lot of these people who do end up having the transition surgery wish they didn't and become more suicidal afterwards.
1: I've actually and, seen that. Uh, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's terrible. Well, let's take a break because we're at our first break. I want to revisit this when we come back because I have a question about what? Who stands to gain from this? Obviously, the pharmaceutical industry does, but how does society? What, who in society is trying to mess with family structure? I mean, this is a lot of ways you can think about this. And again, it's not a value statement. It's just there's a lot of confusion, and I think there's going to be a price to pay because of it. On that note, let's take our first break. You're listening to Medicine On Call. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Miss Corey Diggs about the transgender industry and how it evolved, where it's going, and from a social standpoint, how this affects each one of us in society. I mean this is not a, a movement that's let's say uh, allows you to have a statement and have a a an opinion and not pay the price for it. Now we're talking, you can't even say mm-hmm. pregnant women anymore. It's, you <laughs> know, it's mm-hmm. offensive to say that you're a woman and you're pregnant. I don't even understand how people let this go and get to this point. Is this something, I mean, this, uh, I'm a capitalist. I'm a Christian, happily so. Christian first. But this whole movement towards shutting people down, making you conform to this norm, where you as an individual are supposed to sublimate yourself. Is this one method, do Mm -hmm. you think, of like the socialist mindset of it's all about the collective, it's all about the government running everything, and you should just be part of that monolith and don't have an opinion, don't exert your individuality. Is this the way to do it?
2: Well listen, I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with, you know, the UN 2030 agenda and sustainability and have read between the lines on all of that, but they have a goal for a one world government and a very socialist agenda and controlling everyone and think how much easier it would be <clears throat> if you created a culture that was very confused where you had open borders, mass immigration, everyone speaking different languages, people confused about their their genders. Um, I think it's also, you know, the population control artists. I call them, mm-hmm. because we are at an 80-year low in population growth right now. And yet they will still go on television and say, we're, you know, we're affecting the climate and we need to control this because we need to get population under control. And go, guys, we're at an 80-year low. Like, how much lower do you want it to go? And that's happening globally. Right. So I think in one sense it's also this is this this can become irreversible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like um chemical castration. Whether they go through a transition or not, if they go on hormones, they're on hormones for the rest of their lives. So it's another form of birth control in a sense. And I think that's playing a role into this too. Um You know, something most people aren't aware of is Planned Parenthood is the second largest provider of gender-affirming hormone care. And I'd be interested to get your opinion on this because if you go through their site, and I have links, I have many links in my report here, they literally say you don't need to participate in therapy or provide information from a mental health provider to receive hormone therapy. So if you're 18 years old or older, you can walk into any other Planned Parenthood clinics and get a prescription and start on hormones. And if you are under 18, as long as there's a parent or guardian, you can do the same. Just so they're taking the whole mental health aspect out of it. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's technically like sterilization. Yeah. So they're calling this under reproductive rights, which is just crazy to me. <laughs> and we're, meanwhile, there's you know, we're funding them over $500 million a year. So, whereas they're trying to take away, you know, Title X and funds for abortion, they're now per- the second largest provider of gender-affirming hormones.
1: That's amazing. So, I had no idea. It's, I mean, so they're practicing medicine without a license. They're di- they're dispensing medication that is a life-altering. Well, they're giving the prescription. I,
2: they're, yeah, they're giving the prescription.
1: Okay. That's a so, that's yeah. a technicality, isn't it? And, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they say right on their site, and if you don't you know if you don't have insurance or can't afford it, don't worry, we will still treat you and uh in regards to the puberty blockers, they say your gender identity is real, and there are medical treatments you can use to help your body better reflect who you are. Well, what so, happens
1: when you change your mind it's, <laughs> right exactly, <laughs> and you want to have exactly. a child and you can't they don't tell you that, do they? <laughs>
2: No, in fact, they say right on their website that on their Q&A for a question, they say, will I have, you know, will I have to take hormones for the rest of my life? And they say, yes, you will. So, you know, think about that. Doctors visit blood tests, prescriptions for the rest of your life. That's, that's a lot of money. And now you move into transition surgery, that's a whole other level of money. Yeah. And I wouldn't doubt if we see down the road Planned Parenthood, you know, starting to perform these surgeries in their clinics.
1: I mean, why not? They perform
2: abortions.
1: Agreed. And they're actually paid for by Medicare. And even prisoners can get gender reassignment surgery paid by the taxpayer dollar. That's interesting. They can get that, but they may not be able to get a liver transplant or, you know, General surgery, but they'll pay for that. Right. I find that to be right. interesting.
2: In fact, I looked into that, and it's—I believe it's around 15 states now have laws where um, it will cover to various degrees of transition surgery. So a man can go get, you know, breast implants, but a woman who's in pain and needs a hysterectomy can't get that done. Yeah, it's—it's it's pretty crazy.
1: It is crazy. Who's right I mean from a and, do you know from a uh, administrative standpoint who's making these rules? I mean I don't it's not like we have a choice as physicians something else is making these rules of what's covered and what's not. How does that come to pass, do you think?
2: Well, I can tell you that if you go back in time, so this whole social agenda in the U.S. started in the 50s. Where they were pushing and glamorizing Christine Jorgensen, the first person to go over to Denmark, had the transition surgery, came back, Hollywood embraced her movies, you name it, she ran the college circuit, um, advocating for transgenders, and, you know, next thing you know, there's, um, there's education systems opening up about it, and it's, it's, so, so what happened is, they started back in the, uh, Late sixties, they started, they, they called this, what they, alleged, you know, call a disorder is per, central precocious puberty. And in short, I know we don't have a lot of time. So basically in short, that was in 1969. It is basically a made up disorder. Anyone can go in and look at it and you'll see. It's if, if a nine year old girl starts to go through puberty a couple years earlier, well, let's give her hormones to change that and stump that instead of letting her go through her natural process.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So fast forward to 1991, the Salk Institute, Jonas Salk, who created the polio vaccine, comes up with Sufferlin, which is a puberty blocker. Now fast forward and I, I, I can't remember if it was like 2011 or 2007 or 2011. What you have is you have these health organizations out there and I'm, I apologize. I can't think of them all off the top of my head, but they're kind of like, they kind of remind me of like the World Health Organization, mm-hmm. the ones who tell you like they're the Bible, they're the God of, of what should be done and how things should be handled in the health industry. So they decide, <clears throat> excuse me, that puberty blockers should be administered to children with gender dysphoria. So this now becomes, you know, in all the health books going out to all the doctors, going out to all the teachings and counselors that this is now what we do and how we treat this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Even though the FDA approved puberty blockers for central precocious puberty, a made up disorder, and never approved it for gender dysphoria, it is now being dished out like candy for that. So <clears throat> so between the those the health associations at the top that are creating these rules and then you have the politicians being paid off by the big you know, big pharma. Mm-hmm. And they're creating legislation. I mean, Obama passed a ton of legislation having to do with all of this. And, and then you, you get what they did is they use, they use shaming and they use guilt and they say you're transphobic. No one's allowed to talk about it. So they, they start beefing up discrimination and, and they get that word in there so they can go in and they can argue discrimination to try and pass New legislation mm-hmm. it's it's a whole cyclical pattern that we see over and over again it's like a playbook of theirs right to to get things through and and when you look at the fact that the transgender you know that there are less than one percent of the population is transgender they are working this hard putting this much time and energy into it and this much money to push this that's when you know it's an agenda
1: it, it's I I would have to agree with that. And the interesting thing is you're seeing different groups like feminists and, you know, like people who are realists. Like Martina Narachilova, right? She talked about how we need to have question marks about men claiming that they're women being able to compete on a women's playing field. This is happening all Mm -hmm. across the country. Where are the feminists when, in actuality, we're going to see a lot of males Mm -hmm end up getting female scholarships, where are the women going to be? I think it's you're, you're basically getting rid of your choices and your chances of getting scholarships, et cetera. Are people st- mm-hmm. standing up and complaining about that? And I, you're gonna, I know you're going to answer this question. But Remember, we'll leave that hanging until we come back. Let's take our next break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. <music> Welcome back to Medicine on Call. I left the last um, break on a bit of a cliffhanger because I wanted to ask, you know, find out what your your thoughts are um, about people like Martina Navratilova or parents of girls who are in sports in high school and college and even the Olympics. We have men competing in women's sports and making breaking records. And what is the – it just seems disparate. Like, I don't understand how women – Cause it's a, it really is against women in the, in the long run for people to be for this. And I'm not, t- I'm talking socially now. What do you, what's your thoughts about right. that? It's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I think that
2: they've, I think they've done such a fine job of trying to demonize people and say, you're a terrible person if you bring this up or talk about this. Mm-hmm. You're discriminating. You know, you're transphobic. And so people stay silent and they're, they're afraid to speak up um they're afraid of what people might think or that they're gonna, you know, they're going against this huge movement because that's what they've done. Yeah. They've, they have pushed this up to be this big movement. And if you have, look, when I published this report, don't think I didn't take some heat for it. You know, I had people chiming in, oh, you're transphobic, which I'm clearly not. They are exploiting transgenders.
0: Mm-hmm. Now
2: I'm not even talking about transgenders or the mental health end of things here. Um, but for those that are, I feel bad for them because they're being used. It, it, it reminds me much of what they've done to the black community. Mm-hmm. You know? They, they use them for their own means and, uh, manipulations and, and even the politicians. When we look at the debates going on, it was just, I believe, a couple months ago, they were holding, um it was televised and they were doing these LGBT town halls and trying to, do you, I don't know, do you remember that? Actually, the, the Democrats no. were, and they were. I believe it. I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, they were trying to appeal, trying to appeal to the, you know, LGBT crowd. Mm-hmm. And, and they did a couple of these, actually. And so um I think that a lot of people struggle with standing up to it or speaking up, speaking out. Um And I'm not, obviously, I'm not talking about, you know that celebrities and everything because they're mm-hmm. just most of them, most of them are in on all this but as far as people in general and society I think um people are kind of scared to speak up against it maybe don't understand the full agenda of all this and what's really transpiring so maybe they're just not comfortable speaking up about it
1: i think people are going to have to take a stand at some point because language has become a weapon the fact that you can be demonized mm-hmm. for saying that you're a pregnant woman and you have to apologize for that, I mean, I think we've crossed the line into just complete fantasy. And you're going to apologize mm-hmm. for who you are. I mean, it's bad enough that if you're white, you have to apologize. If you're black, you're a victim. I mean, they've tried right. to engage in this. The the left or the Democrats, let's face it, have engaged in language as a mm-hmm. weapon to manipulate and control mm-hmm. But every time they say they're for you, they're not. They're not for the gay population. Mm -hmm. They're not for black people. They think of us as a means to power. And you do it by divide and conquer. And who's the biggest victim? When in actuality, this is the freest country on earth. And to have, to to say to somebody that people in the Middle East, for example, are people being thrown off of roofs and killed for who they are, That's okay, Mm -hmm. but because you have a question about whether you want your child to be on a hormone block, you're the worst person in the world, is ridiculous. And I think parents should have the most power over their child, not the state. And again, it's all about the government manipulating and controlling everything. I honestly haven't seen a government for anybody but the government, personally. Right. right. They don't care about you. As long as you're there to pay a tax Mm -hmm. and put your body in the line for a war... Or do whatever to make right. them more powerful. They're all for that. Why are we all working right. against our interest to hope that the government gives us a large yes? They could care less. We're watching this play out, aren't we? in, in on uh, Capitol Hill now, where we have people who yeah. are helping their nepotism on steroids. People without any mm-hmm. reason to make all this money and just making hand over fist bucks. Well, I have to get up and do it the right way every day, and I'm still. You know, not you know. I have to work hard just and have a couple of jobs sometimes just to get it done. These guys are just rolling out of college. Maybe don't even go to school and they're making out like bandits. And we should be supposed to like that. I think we need to really stop thinking with our emotions. And is this a thing also? Play on people's emotions. I think most people are decent. Oh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I've actually written several articles on cognitive dissonance. Um manipulation tactics, uh, demoralization, normalization, indoctrination, all of it. They, uh, this has been going on since the beginning of time. And we're just, what's happening is now we're seeing this all play out, um where they're being so exposed that they don't even care the fact that they will look into that camera and lie to all of the American people knowing that we know they're lying. That's how far this has gone. So it's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of mind manipulation, uh, projection is, is a big, big one. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, another one is the gender X. Okay. We've got states, numerous states that have created this gender X on driver's licenses, birth certificates, Mm -hmm. um, on medical forms, you see it where it'll say like male, female, other, or, um, you know, non binary, there's all these all these different terms now. And they're not they don't doing mean that because they care about the people mm-hmm. and they care about transgenders and they want to make sure they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. They are doing that for visual feeding repetition in your mind so that it becomes so normal to you. That's just how it is. And this is their playbook with all of their agendas. They, yes. do, they do they the same thing over and over again. And I'm really concerned for children because in addition to the indoctrination, you know, that's going on on all different kinds of levels in the school system where, you know, they tell them, this is what's going on. This is, you know, with climate change or whatever the agenda may be, the kids are not allowed to explore or have other thoughts. It's like this one-track, way and this is how, what we want you to believe even though half of it's lies mm-hmm. and now we're going to work in the the gender into this and and really confuse the heck out of you and we're not going to allow teachers to refer to the kids as boys or girls anymore so i mean think of what that does mentally to a child in elementary school goes home, and he's trying to talk to his parents and tell them about his day, and he has to stop and think, oh, I shouldn't say boys or girls, because now we have all these different pronouns. I mean,
1: it's very confusing.
2: complete mind game.
1: Yeah. And I don't think it makes children happy. One thing about being a child that I remember oh. is the safety and the, I don't, I don't say conformity, but it was something, a structure that you knew that there was, you know, mm-hmm. you had boundaries. How do you... If, right. I mean, even as a student, the the classes I remember the most and I I enjoyed the most were there was structure. It's a tough teacher, you know. What you couldn't get away with, the ones that kind of let you do whatever you wanted to do, we didn't learn as much. So imagine Mm -hmm. where your whole structure outside of your home is just nebulous. It's it doesn't. It's confusing. It makes you depressed. It makes you anxious. And I think it makes you easily manipulated, frankly, because someone's going to give you some sort of structure to make you feel better. So that's the way you're going to go. Right. (laughs) And as a child, you do what you're told too. So you don't question, you don't buck the system. Because that's not what children do. So we're going to create a whole generation of people who have no direction, no center, Mm -hmm. no balance, and they're going to be grist for the mill. Mm -hmm. If you really think about it in a, in a, projective way right that's a perfect population right. for a government to want isn't it
2: and this is why we keep seeing um you know anxiety in children going off the charts yeah. it's just every year it seems like more and more people have children that have or you know anxiety disorder or some sort of phobias and it's awful
1: yeah i wasn't anxious about it anything is. and <laughs> were, were you when you were growing and, up? I mean, I was going to get my next ice cream, that? right? That was it. <laughs> I wasn't worried about the world, <laughs> climate change. That's another right, thing. Right. I mean, these poor children—they're oh, yeah. put upon from the time they get up to the time they go to sleep. If they're not drugged out of their mind or listening, watching TV, or I think the worst thing is the internet. Frankly, I think these YouTube the kids—that stuff the that kids are watching on YouTube—the parents have no clue about. And they right? Yeah, I've heard that children are learning about gender identity from YouTube, and they're asking for hormones from their parents. That's shocking to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a whole... Well, there's a
2: lot of books there. Wow.
1: I mean, that's
2: crazy. There's a lot of books, like children's books out there, teaching them how to handle it with their parents and ask them if they could be put on puberty blockers. I kid you not. (laughs) And they they are training, you know, counselors at schools. And I believe Planned Parenthood even has a program where they work within school systems now. So it's, pay, parents need to pay close attention to what's going on in the school, in their children's school. They need to pay attention to what bills are trying to be passed mm-hmm. um, at their state level. And, you know, stand up and, and fight against all of this. Um, and And, you know, like you and I were talking about South Dakota, there's, and I know Georgia Georgia's trying to pa- you know put put a bill through too eventually here they're trying to put a bill through where it's a climb to or treat a minor under 16 with puberty blockers or trans you know transition um, therapy or surgery mm-hmm. I believe uh, So uh, hopefully that passes because I just I feel you know these youth clinics, over 50 of them now you know many of them treat children as oh, young as 3 years old well gosh i just can't imagine a 3 year old knowing knowing without being told or instructed or guided that it wants to be a different gender and and um definitively and wants to have surgery eventually you know once that i believe they have to be 8 years old to start on the puberty blockers and then by Uh, I think at 12 years old, they can start moving towards transitioning. I mean, that's crazy.
1: It is crazy. Just imagine. Absolutely
2: absolutely crazy.
1: Well, even without the hormones, how crazy it is going through um, prepubescence into teen. I mean, you're already messed up, for goodness sake. Imagine having hormones flooding your system of the opposite sex. Uh, Who decides what is the right dosage for each individual. Everybody's different, right? So are you putting them at risk for a mental uh, break or illness or whatever? Or you know what's really people don't talk about are the people who actually transition, but they don't go through the the surgery, but end up with testicular cancer or ovarian cancer, but they're in the opposite sex in terms of their outward appearance, Mm. but they actually end up dying of cancers that not diagnosed so there's a lot of
0: wow. things
1: that go on and people don't think about the real you know the price that people can pay all for some cosmetic right, right. social construct and as you said at the beginning of the show if this was the thing that made people happy you wouldn't have an increase in, in suicide rate after you got what you wanted right that's a sign to me that it, it's not what you necessarily want it's what people told you you wanted. Right? Right. And, and
2: so now what they're doing is they're, they're trying to push these reports saying that children who, who, you know, have gender dysphoria and go on puberty blockers are less likely to commit suicide. This is what they're coming up with. Well, here's the thing. The puberty blockers have never till this day had a long-term long-term testing done, mm-hmm. tracking done, mm-hmm. to see what kind of damage it does to a child. Never. And they're dishing these out like candy. Right. You know, I don't know if you saw uh, Walt, Walt Hayer. He's a transgender woman who transitioned back. Mm-hmm. Wonderful man. And he was on with Candace Owens a couple months ago. I actually sent him my report. He thanked me and sent me an article he mm-hmm. recently did on children. So he advocates for this and he he... Meets with transgenders that are thinking about transitioning or have transitioned. And I mean, hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. And he's just this warm soul and he went, he went through this. He transitioned for eight years and then realized, oh, I don't feel any better. I could never really feel like a woman. I want to transition back, which mm-hmm. of course he couldn't do a full transition at that point. But he said in, in that most of those that he talks with can pinpoint some sort of trauma in their childhood, you know oftentimes it may have been sexual based trauma where they started getting confused about their gender mm-hmm. and that most of them that do end up transitioning wish that they hadn't um so it's it's really sad that that they're taking something that is you know a a mental health issue, which that's you know it's even in the medical book listed as a mental health issue. And they're now trying to classify it as, like, reproductive rights. And this this choice, as though you're picking out a candy bar from a vending machine. But he had gone in back in 1983 because he was confused about things. And he was married at the time with a family. He had kids. And he went into what was then a gender specialist out in California. It was supposed to be the top doc. At his first appointment told him, you know, you should, you need to get on hormones and we need to transition you. By his second appointment, he was given hormone therapy. This is back in the 80s. On your, can you imagine on your no. first counseling appointment being no. told that?
1: No, I can't actually. Wow. That's not medicine. That's not healthcare. And, you know, uh-uh. let's take our last break because I want to go into your more of your part four, the manufacturing of a reality, because I think that plays right into what you're saying. You know, you have. Mm-hmm. an agenda, you have a medication, you build it and then <laughs> they come, right? So let's take our last break right. and go into the more detail. You're listening to Medicine on Call. <music> Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Miss Corey Diggs and you should go to her website. As she said before, there's a wealth of information. There's um articles, there's ways you can do your own due diligence. You should go to coreysdigs.com, C-O-R-E-Y-S-D-I-G-S.com. And before the break, we were talking about the fact that this is, there's no thought involved with this, of what this really does to affect people and how this affects them going forward. It, there's It's just like we want to get this done and your means to an end and we're just going to exploit it. And what happens mm-hmm. when it doesn't work? And as I said before, you build it and they come. If you have, <laughs> the vaccine industry is a perfect example. As soon as they got the okay to not be sued and to get immunity, mm-hmm. vaccines were coming out the woodwork. I remember when I was in medical school, you could barely get a vaccine until that the law, I think it was 1986, where they were um, held blameless, yep. And then it was an explosion of vaccines. Now they're trying to push them on you and make it mandatory. So now that they have these These puberty blockers, and I don't know if anybody gets sued for this, but I've never really heard of any class action suits, so it seems to me that it's a straight-up money-making venture, especially if Planned Parenthood is involved. They are kind of of known for doing whatever it takes to make money, whether that's selling fetal Mm -hmm. tissue, whether that's, you know, (laughs) among other things that they've been doing. Now there's Mm -hmm. another way, another catchment of people. And you can see how this can just feed on itself, since we know that the government, especially Congress, they get money from all sorts of entities, and as soon as they get their hooks in there, you see legislation get passed, you see it becomes a free-for-all. So is that, you think that's the driving force behind it? Obviously, I think it's money, but is it because they had the medication and now they have the social construct, now it's the perfect storm?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's it's money and it's, it's controlling society and confusing society. The more they can confuse society, the more they can control it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, look, here's a perfect example. This is a, a quote I had screenshot some images from websites and uh, tweets that were going out. So the Equality Institute tweeted out, this was just a, like a month ago, instead of saying pregnant women, try using the phrase pregnant people. Because people of all genders can fall pregnant, <laughs> so this this is the type of mind games they're playing, and they say this with such conviction. And and then what happens is on social media they've got armies of trolls that will come in and they'll back them. And if anyone tries to go against it, they will immediately shut you down, and uh, or try to shut you down mm-hmm. and say you're transphobic and blah, 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 blah. so they've got them working for them. Everywhere. But just real quick, going back to what you were saying about the vaccine industry, in case you didn't know, I actually did an extensive six part report on that and broke down the whole vaccine industry. And you're right. It was 1986. Um, and there's been 4.1 billion in injury and death claims since. So, uh, you hit the nail on the head with the vaccine industry. And, and that is, that's the same here. Mm Um, it's ways to, Look, ultimately, I think the percentage of those that go on hormone therapy or puberty blockers or, um, you know, go through transition surgery, I would say based on my research and the fact that 40% are suicidal, it's, they're, they're pushing this as though you're going to feel better. If you go into the Boston Children's Hospital... Um, the, uh, the youth gender clinic at Boston Children's Hospital. They literally, and you look at their materials. They promote it as though it's this wonderful thing. You're going to feel so much better. You're going to have a happier life. But they're not mentioning the 40% suicide rate. Mm-hmm. Now, why is that? I mean, it's to me that that's dangerous. It's like I forget the date. I want to say it was 26. 2017 the FDA actually forced the uh, companies that produce the puberty blockers to update their labels to add a warning about serious seizures and um, psychiatric issues that could be caused by these puberty blockers so you know and it was surprising I mean it took them that long because these started back in 1991 but the point is, is this is all a very dangerous game and these people are um, pushing this narrative out, people like politicians, uh, Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, mainstream news, advertisements. It's in every TV show, movie. You cannot turn the TV on. You cannot watch a show without seeing something to do with transsexual, transgender, gays. And, and they're trying to push this to the point where they can drive sales and make everyone feel feel so comfortable and so confused saying,
0: hmm, maybe I
2: do want to do that. Yes. Not even thinking about the consequences or that it could be, you know, it's not reversible. It's, you know, even the, the ACLU, the ACLU, huh, they they tweeted out, there's no way to be a man. Men who get their periods are men. Men who get pregnant and give birth are men. Trans and non-binary men belong. I mean, this is, this is what they're putting out. It, it's extreme. You know, it seems very extreme, but that's how they push sales. So I do think it's a combination of, it's definitely money because those invested in it, you know, and of course some of them have funded Hillary Clinton's presidential run. No surprise there um abby one of the makers of the puberty blockers and these people are just it's it's the same circle of people in all of these different agendas mm-hmm. um, and it and all of those agendas coincidentally are population control abortion birth control women should um, be in the workplace so they don't have time to raise a family and now puberty blockers and so it's it's interesting when you look at it as a whole it's, it's like they don't want more people on this planet, that's mm-hmm. for sure. It's,
1: it's pushing the same agenda but different methods of pushing it. To capture as many people into that, you know, push them down that same pathway as you possibly can. You know, I right. think from a medical perspective, everybody has to have informed consent. It seems like you're only getting one side of this equation, so it's all the roses but not the... Others. So you have to tell someone the risks as well as the benefits of something. And they're not telling anybody that. And if you have a question, you put your little hand up. And I just, just want to ask a question, you're getting shot down or shouted out or lose your job or close the business. This is not a benign thing that's happening. People's whole lives are being turned upside down. And it doesn't mean that you feel that you're against somebody. You just have a question. And maybe it doesn't fit you. Right. And it or your child, but no one should make you do these things, right? And I think no right. child can make a decision about their whole life. They're children. That's why they're children, right? Until you're 21 and you can drink, you should make your decision about what you want to do with your body, but not before. I just think that's fair to the person. And in, in the last seconds that we have, I just want to make sure people can go to your website and how they listen to your podcast and how will they be able to get your book when it comes out?
2: So, uh, so my website actually has all that information on it. It's, uh, CorysDiggs.com, C-O-R-E-Y-S-D-I-G-S. And, uh, my podcast is every Friday, which can be found on Digs on my YouTube channel. We're also on Google Play, iHeart, Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. And my book, I'm going to be publishing chapter one tomorrow, uh, well, Wednesday on, um, my website, so you'll be able to read the whole 25-page <laughs> first chapter awesome. on um, on the AIDS agenda, and and then each I'm going to be rolling out throughout this year. There's going to be over 25 chapters. So throughout this year, I'm basically going to break down all the major NGOs involved in this. There's over three three former presidents, over 35 governments, and scores of NGOs involved in this. And of course, you know, Bill Gates, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton are very much at the top of this. So I will be rolling those out throughout 2020. Um, Probably every week or two weeks, I'll roll out another chapter. Um, Those chapters, you'll have full access to if you become a patron on my Patreon, which is um, also Corey's digs. You can find me on there.
1: I look forward to having you back when you start publishing these uh, HIV um, chapters. I think this is something that people need to know. And it's about knowledge. You can't yeah. make a conscious decision unless you know the whole story, not just half of it, not right. just the good stuff. We're all adults here, and we have responsibility to ourselves and our children. How do you make a conscious choice if you don't know? And that's why it's so right. important to have you on. I'm so happy that you came on today. It was a great to speak with you. I look forward to having you back on again.
2: Well, thanks so much for having me. It was, it was, it was really good being here and discussing this with you. It's a really important topic.
1: I agree. I hope you have a blessed day, and thank you all for listening to Medicine on Call. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk event.